You're listening to Sustainably Geeky, episode 33. I'm your host, Jennifer, and today I sat down with Hannah and Ben, organizers with the Students for International Divestment Day program. In this episode, we talk about what divestment is and how you can get involved in divesting your own money or in pressuring other organizations to do so. Thanks for listening and let's geek out. You're listening to Sustainably Geeky, the podcast for everyday environmentalists. So today I am joined by Hannah Reynolds, who is an organizer with Divest, Divest Princeton, and Ben Jobik, president of the Environmental Club at Stockton University. Um, they reached out to me about being on the show to talk about their organization and the work that they're doing. So Hannah, do you want to start us out and kind of talk about Divest, Divest Princeton and how you got started and why? Yeah, um, so I'm with Divest Princeton. We've done a lot of work um, pushing Princeton University to divest from fossil fuels and dissociate from um, companies like ExxonMobil and BP, where they get a lot of their funding for environmental research and energy research. Um, And I kind of started the Students for International Divestment Day was an effort that was put on um, on October 24th. Um, and it was an eight hour long virtual climate strike type thing with a lot of different, uh, like hundreds of groups across the country and world. Um, and we had like eight hours of different speakers and it was really great. Um, but so I, I worked on that with Ben. Um, but yeah, so I've gotten involved with the divestment movement because, you know, Princeton has $26 billion and, um, of an endowment and it's heavily invested in fossil fuels. And um, they do a lot of work with, you know, notorious um, fossil fuel companies that are like fueling the climate crisis. And so I think that one way that you can really make a difference is through money. Um, So whether it's the institutions that are divesting or personally you're divesting things like that, public pension funds, that's like a way to make a really tangible difference. Yeah, that's that's really um, a great cause to get behind. And like you said, money talks. So uh, hopefully, you know, more and more people will start doing this so that they'll they'll feel the impact. Um, Ben, why don't you talk about, I guess, your journey and how you ended up helping with this cause as well? Yeah, so uh, Hannah reached out to us, I believe, uh, on our Instagram. And I was the one who read the message. And um I, I was really excited about the entire idea of this, especially because it is student-focused um, and student-organized entirely. Um, but we're not Princeton, definitely. We don't have as much money as Princeton does um, in our um, at our school. But what Stockton does have is the name of New Jersey's Green University. Um, and I think it was really important to hold them accountable to that um, because they are making partnerships in uh, Atlantic City with South Jersey Natural Gas and all these other things that it that just doesn't add up to that name. So getting students involved in the divestment movement is critical, especially at this time where, where we're at with climate change. 
Awesome. Yeah. Um, it sounds like you guys are building a movement. Is this part of a bigger movement um, that we're, you're seeing among colleges and universities across the country? Yeah, um, we were very connected with Yale and Harvard and different groups, um, tons of different, you know, um, public and private universities across the country. Um, a lot of people in Canada are have a really big divestment movement there. Um, and you can also see it in like recently New York City divested. Um, and I'm working with New Jersey um, to divest, or divest New Jersey to divest the public pension fund. Um, so it's kind of all over the place. I think it's growing. It really started with Bill McKibben and Naomi Klein with 350.org. Um, and they really started this movement um, a couple decades ago, but now it's really growing. That's great to hear. Um, for, for our listeners who aren't familiar with the term divestment, you've kind of touched on what that means, you know, pulling out of fossil fuels. But can you go into a little more detail um, as to, you know, how I guess your average person could do uh, that and or business? Yeah, so um, it's, you know, sometimes it's really hard. Like with Princeton, there's not a lot of clarity um, and transparency about where their money is invested. But um, don't worry, it's not just Princeton. <laughs> but yeah, there's a lot you can do to um, there are resources for personally, like, you know, fossilfreefunds.org has a really good resource that like you can look up any stock that or like mutual fund that you have. And it will tell you like, it will give you like a score, uh, like a grade um, of how much it's invested in fossil fuels and also like things like deforestation, they talk about things like that. So it's really, really useful. Um, and that's what I've done personally. And then there's also for universities or for, um, you know, businesses, things like that. There are ways to like, you know, wh whoever you're working with, like your financial advisors and stuff, there's um, ESG investing, which is like socially responsible um, funds that, so those like kind of align with certain social things that people care about. Um, so that's a really good way to kind of explore some of those options. Um, and I think honestly, one thing that's really good to invest in is green energy, especially as we go into this new presidency um, and there's such an ambitious climate plan and a lot of money hopefully going into green energy. So, and that's like a really good, well-performing um, industry right now. And I think that um, this whole divestment thing doesn't only have to be for people who own stocks, because we know a large majority of uh, America don't. Um, so your money that you're putting into savings accounts and whatever is being used for those financial and financial institutions to um, spend and invest by themselves. So switching to B Corp certified banks, um, off the top of my head, I think there, it's one's name is Aspirations. Um, but that's another way that you can personally do it if you're not invested in the stock market um, directly. Yeah, that's a good point. Also like Chase Bank is like one of the worst um, fuelers of the climate crisis like they they have literally a major bank is horrible when you really take a look at it 
Yeah, that's that's um, unfortunate, and it makes it difficult. I think when a lot of people have so much, you know, saved or invested in some of these banks that, you know, it might be a big decision, but um, little by little, I think it can make a difference. And and I know I need to look at some of my banks and do a little more research personally. Um, I have looked at uh, howtodivest.org, I think is the website that um, lists banks that were invested in the DAPL pipeline. And um, I know that there's probably a bunch of others, like you mentioned, um, to, to, to look into that. So I guess we would challenge our listeners to be more aware of where their money's going and uh, not just their own you know, money that they're saving, but probably money that they're spending at certain businesses too, right? Yeah, definitely. Um, uh, one thing that is pretty big um, that's happening, um, especially in the climate youth climate movement, is kind of pushing for different boycotting of different really egregious, um, you know, companies and stuff. So like Shell and Exxon, especially right now, I'm hearing a lot about that. Um, and it's hard because like, you know, Exxon's everywhere where I live. Um, mm -hmm. It's hard to find very many other options, but like kind of Little by little, both the bottom up and top down, hopefully there is change coming. And something to recognize about the entire environmental movement and specifically the divestment movement, it's it's kind of a privileged thing to have the ability to do these things. Like Hannah was saying, it is really difficult um, when you're first starting out and whatnot, um, but it's something that we really need to take a look at because money speaks mm -hmm. i think one other thing just to add um is that you know it can be really difficult to do the personal um divestment it's like great to do if you can um but like one way that like if you have attended a university that hasn't divested yet starting or working on a divestment campaign there is a really good way to kind of act locally and make a bigger impact than just yourself they love listening to alumni and not the students that are actually there. <laughs> so are there um, universities out there that have totally divested or? Yeah. Um, so Cornell, Brown, um, the UC schools, a lot of different schools have recently, um, Oxford and Cambridge, I think. So a lot of different schools have divested. Um, the It's really hard to see like, you know, if they've, completely done it yet because it's um, a lot of these are more recent but um they have announced plans at least too yeah cambridge was like a week before the actual event and we got all hyped up about that um but a lot of these are really just um hey we're gonna do it but i don't think many of them have actually 100 percent completed the transition yeah just one other thing that um, is kind of interesting is that, uh, so Brown divested recently and actually like, I think they've already gotten rid of like 90% of their stocks or something like that. Um, but they were like the best performing out of all of the Ivy League institutions um, with their endowment this year. So that just kind of goes to show that it's not like sacrificing the financial benefit of investing in fossil fuels. Yeah that you can actually make a little, you know, money and um, you're not just <laughs> throwing, yeah. you know, throwing the traditional money away, I guess. that, And that, and that's, you know, something that you have to create demand for. So the more people that do it, the better it's going to do, right? 
Mm-hmm. Right. And, you know, uh, I've written a few papers on th- this whole um, thing recently, especially with where the money is going and where the profits are. It's not <laughs> in fossil fuels anymore. Sorry. Um, the jobs are not in fossil fuels anymore. Um, our economy is transitioning, but we need our institutions, um, educational and financial, to transition with them. Uh, we can't be stuck in the ways of the past. Uh, it, it's simply what it is. Yeah, green jobs are growing faster than you know the traditional fossil fuel jobs, which is great. And a big part of the Green New Deal is you know getting promoting those jobs and trying to transition away from the old one so yeah especially during the pandemic when so many yeah. people have lost jobs right yeah the pandemic is really showing um how fossil fuels don't really serve us very well um like the the, the demand dropped for fossil fuels and their stocks and everything are collapsing because the industry is consolidating um, just because they're having to shut down wells and all of that. Um, so why are we putting our, our money into those businesses that aren't doing well when we mm-hmm. see the green stocks just going through the roof? And subsidizing those companies as well. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> That discussion could go on forever. <laughs> Why that? Let's subsidize the green jobs instead of the, you know, oil and gas. <laughs> Absolutely. Right. Hopefully, the incoming administration take makes that a priority. And if they don't, you know what? Hannah and I are here to make sure um, there's enough voices that's saying that should be a priority. Right. Fight the good fight. Right. And, and I think that's going to be a big part of, um, you know, when we rejoin Paris, uh, getting, reaching those goals, um, because we don't have much time left. So we really need to, like you said, transition away from fossil fuels into more green energy. And that's going to include um, things like divesting. So. Definitely. Yeah. And uh, the transition, it's transition, transition, transition. but we need to make sure that transition is quick because um, if there's anyone from New Jersey listening, look up your county. Um, you, I'm, there's a Washington Post article that you can do that. We are, almost every county in New Jersey has exceeded the two degrees Celsius increase in temperature. New Jersey is an outlier in the United States. Um, you wonder why we don't see snow and all of that stuff here anymore. Um, New Jersey has increased their temperature on average by, I believe, 3.48 degrees Fahrenheit, according to the New Jersey Department of Environmental yeah. Protection. So we're seeing it here in New Jersey. We might not be seeing um, the waters rise and everything like that, but our weather is being affected. And sooner or later, the beautiful Jersey Shore will be underwater. Yeah. It, it kind of creeps up on you. I, I will say um, on a you know positive note, I heard that New Jersey has uh, it, it surpassed Texas in, I believe, solar jobs. So um, 
point of contention in Texas because, you know, we like to be number one in everything, but <laughs> I recently heard that. So congratulations, New Jersey, for that. <laughs> there we go. We got something on our side over here. So tell me a little bit more about your organization and uh, the event that you just held. Yeah. Um, I know you kind of touched on it a little, but, um, you know, is this the first year and, and how long has it been going on and, you know, what was the result of that? Yeah, it's the first year. Um, I, we honestly, like, I kind of started trying to do something, you know, kind of more local, maybe uh, New Jersey or something, um, because Princeton's, like, getting kind of, it's, a, there's a lot of energy around divestment right now, and we're kind of awaiting decisions um, from our board of trustees and resources committee there. Um, so we were really trying to kind of build more energy and kind of build a coalition of people um, working on these issues. So we had everyone from people in the Sunrise Movement, Extinction Rebellion, to divestment movements, to all sorts of different things, mostly very young people. Um, and we kind of just collaborated with like a bunch of different groups and kind of worked on finding different speakers. Um, we had so many different speakers, like just such a range, people working on, you know, public pension funds, people like, uh, state Senator Zach Walls from Iowa. Um, we had university professors. We had like young climate activists from all over the place, people running for Congress right now. It was just such a range of people um, and experiences. And I think that was really powerful because, you know, it's showing that like, even though like, I don't know, even a year ago at Princeton, divestment was kind of a fringe idea that people didn't really know that much about. And now it's something that's so like widely supported. Um, yeah. It's really crazy how um, the whole event grew. Cause when I joined it, it was like, Hey, Rutgers, New Jersey, um, Prince, some high schools around Princeton um, and some other colleges. And then out of nowhere, we were having zooms with people from Argentina and Canada. And it was a beautiful, just mesh of young people getting to work on something that they really care about. Um, and I thought that was like absolutely terrific. Yeah, it's, it seems like when, when people start to have these ideas that pop up all over the world or the country and um, it, it is really neat how they can gain momentum like that all, all of a sudden it seems like, but it's been building for a long time. Definitely. So what um, advice, I guess, would you offer for someone in a similar situation that, that's maybe a student wanting to start an organization like this? Yeah, um, I would say just kind of start local and then kind of, you know, talk to people you know, and then just keep reaching out to whoever, because people, I think, are really receptive to just like people who want to make a difference. And you know, it just starts like by one person at a time, kind of getting them on board with what you're doing. And um, I think, especially with the climate movement, there's just so many people kind of, you know, disjointed organizations and efforts and stuff going on. And like having these united fronts and like organizing together is really powerful because it is so easy to be kind of divided and not have as much like lobbying power and like 
our voices aren't as loud when they're not together. Um, even when like I was organizing this event, there was a, sometimes there were uh, there was like a bit of conflict over like, oh, this doesn't seem like like there was just like conflict if it was like too radical or not radical enough and things like that. And so there's like even like on the like you know the like spectrum of maybe like the left leaning like climate focused type people there's such like a range of people with different ideas and um i think that it's really easy to let like ideology kind of like kind of blind us to to the reality that we're facing this existential threat and that it's really really important to like be working together so just like reaching out to whoever you can and everyone you can is really important yeah, there's power in yeah. numbers. <laughs> like, literally, it's, you got to start somewhere, so let's start. <laughs> let's not make it a big debate about um, what it is right now, because we can change the direction of where we're going. Uh, uh, I've started many, like, organizations by myself from the beginning, just like Hannah did with this, um, and just have confidence, reach out to a bunch of people, um, be ready for people to not accept you right away, you know, or be receptive, but you'll find your people to help you out. Um, and you'll get there. Don't worry. Yeah, that's a great point. We've got to start somewhere. So even if it's not, um, as quote unquote radical as people would like, um, you can't always start with that. You've got to build up to that and um, gain support for the basics and then kind of move into it. I think we would all like to see faster, more extreme progress being made, but we have to be realistic too. <laughs> and yeah. work within the constraints that we're, you know, in. Um, well, is there anything else you guys would add that we haven't already talked about with regards to divestment or your organizations or? Definitely, you can go ahead and watch the whole eight-hour program on YouTube. Um, I believe it's still up there on the Princeton um, divestment Princeton, page, uh, right? It's called the Princeton Environmental Activism Coalition. Um, All right. Well, and it's, there you go. <laughs> it's called a Students for International Divestment Day. Um, yeah. Okay. And oh. uh, eight hours is not... When you see the speakers that are there, eight hours is not too much. It went by like a breeze for me because it was just so informative and wonderful. Yeah, and I imagine you could break it up too if you can't sit for eight hours, kind of listen to one <laughs> or two at a time. Who were your favorites right. or do you, did you just love them all? I know you don't want to pick favorites probably. <laughs> I, I'm going to get I some emails. What? We're going to get some angry emails about us picking favorites now. Well, I guess I should say who were some of the more notable speakers that stuck out in your mind. How about that? Um, I think Bill McKibben was a big one. Um, mm -hmm. He was great. Um, State Senator Zach Walls, who is not, like, really big in the climate world, but, like, he, he was a very good speaker, just, like, very inspirational. Um, and... I like there were just so many great speakers, honestly. They were all really good. 
Well, kudos um, for getting all those folks lined up. Sorry, Ben. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think Zach Walls was what we were talking about before about like starting to organize. His presentation was really on that. Um, and that it was a ridiculously great presentation that he did. Um, and go him. He's now the um, Democratic Party leader in Iowa. Um, in their Senate, I believe they, he just got chosen for that. Um, but the, I forget the other professor that we had on, he worked a lot in the apartheid in South oh, Africa. Rob Nixon. Yeah. He's oh my gosh. That presentation, I was just entranced by him. Um, and all the work he's done and just, he, so intelligent, um, I, you you can't pick out any of these because they're they were really all terrific. Yeah, I um I wasn't able to watch it live, so I need to go back definitely and watch that and pick up some inspiring messages from these folks. Sounds like. Okay. Yeah. Are, are there any other resources you would share with our listeners if they want to learn more about this movement or ways they can help? Yeah. Um. I can send you the, a link to a Google Doc that we have with like all of the speakers and agenda. Um, and it also has like a lot of different ways that people can get involved in. And they're all like related to each different speaker. So that's like a really good way. Um, and it's all different things in the climate movement, which is really cool. Um, okay. yeah, yeah, we'll put that in the show notes as well. Yeah, we, we did a great job on creating a large list of action items for anyone listening um but always want to say join your local movement um you don't have to be hannah and really just spend your entire life trying to do this she was spending hours and hours and hours every day um you can get do your little piece and you can help the movement um and that goes with everything Well, yeah, that's great. And like I said, we'll link to that in the show notes and pull out the um, resources that you're you're going to share with us. Um, I know that I've learned a lot and, uh, you know, really appreciate you guys coming on and talking about all this. Um, and if, if you don't have anything else, uh, let, it, let us know how we can find you online and support your work. Yeah. Um. I can send my information. I also write like a lot about divestment for our school newspaper and other um, outlets. So I can link to that too. Okay. And your organization is on all the social media? Yeah, yeah, we are. Um, so we're... That's um, Students for Sustainable or for International Divestment Day, right? There's a page for that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There's a, yeah, there's an Instagram that's that. Um, yeah. And Ben, do you guys have a social media presence as well? Yeah, um, the Stockton Environmental Club has their Stockton, Stockton Envil Club on Instagram. Um, we're really just on Instagram. And um, you should follow Hannah and I on Instagram too or on Twitter. Just Maybe we can grow our little local circle here. Yeah. Um, just our names, probably. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, just 
support everyone you can. That's all I got to say. Okay. Yeah, I will, um, like I said, link link to y'all and your pages in our show notes. And if anyone is interested in getting involved, um, you can contact them through those outlets. And I'm sure um, they'd love to help you start a chapter at your organization or university as well. Definitely. So thank you guys so much for what you do and for being on the show. Um, this has been a very informative talk. Um, if you are listening for the first time or you haven't already, please uh, like us on social media. Sustainably Geeky is on uh, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And wherever you listen to podcasts, uh, please rate us and leave a review if you're able. We really appreciate that. Um, you can find me on social media at Het's Gonna Be Me. And if you ever have any um, topic suggestions or you know of someone that would make a great speaker, please let us know. Um, thank you guys for listening and have a great rest of your day. This has been a presentation of the Epically Geeky Network. 